Howdy, I'm Paul Isaacoder, and this is Author's Dozen, a podcast where I explore barriers to storytelling by writing one novel every month for 12 months. Please enjoy. Happy Labor Day, everybody. The other 364 days of the year certainly don't belong to labor, but this Monday does. And to honor that tradition of labor just being so lazy, we're going to talk about procrastination. One thing I've been doing a lot recently is research, and research is not writing. Unfortunately, most of what writers do isn't writing, and a lot of what isn't writing is procrastination. I can attest to this both first and secondhand. I've spent many an hour that should have been spent writing, concocting lore, systems, and outlines that I eventually end up having to change anyway in order to suit my writing. Much of this podcast is me basically trying to avoid getting to the hard part of writing by pretending to be productive in side ventures like the one you're listening to. I've seen people sink years of their life into complex world building just to find out that the story set in said world, the foundation of the world existing, mind you, isn't all that interesting. But there's procrastination to be done. While writing this episode, I began perusing r slash world jerking, a forum satire on the worst tropes in alternate worlds. For instance, that no matter how grotesque the male of any fantasy sentient turns out to be, their females will look like traditionally beautiful human women, or that the natural endgame of authors too focused on realism would be to make a world that has no life, because the Drake equation implies that life is extremely rare, therefore it would be highly unlikely for your fictional world to have it. Perusing forums. Oh, the things we justify to avoid doing what's hard. It's truly astounding. For instance, I just bought a $99 Lego pirate ship. So my story centers around an idea that I had a long time ago about disease. And because, you know, I just want to write escapist fantasy, I guess I'll have to write it now. It's the oldest sci-fi twist ending of them all. A technologically superior alien race is defeated by Earth's bacteria. Extra, extra. Of course, one wonders why the invaders from War of the Worlds or Signs didn't think to test the seemingly obvious weakness inherent in inhabiting Earth. I combined that with the tragedy of the Columbian Exchange, the exchange of the Americas and the Old World that came about in 1492, wherein the most important things exchanged were diseases that wiped out most native inhabitants of the New World, followed closely by European colonialism, wiping out or subduing by culture every people group and nation on these continents. My new story finds aliens landing on a planet inhabited by humans, but in the humans' age of sail. Why? Because pirates versus aliens sounds rad, that's why. Also, I think it would be really interesting to explore how really intelligent aliens would try to colonize a world inhabited by sapients. It's likely that the aliens aren't used to our Earth diseases, but what if they were to try to get used to them? And here's something interesting. The reason Europeans were able to colonize the world that they happened upon was that they happened, by happenstance, to have superior technology, and reasoned by this, that their institutions and morality 
far exceeded those they colonized. Also money. But what if this was turned on its head? What if the smug, superior colonizers saw a UFO zoom overhead? Like I've said before, by being well-read and well-educated and by having tons of experiences life like I do, you can come up with new mixtures of old ideas. An old adage says, write what you know, but that's not an encouragement to write less, but a call to know more. You can draw from the vast knowledge of humanity without having to come up with any of it on your own. This is one reason to research subjects outside your wheelhouse. And wheelhouse, by the way, is another name for the bridge or pilot house of a nautical vessel. See? Research broadens your horizons and helps you know more so that you can write about what you know more. Another reason to research what you want to write about is so that you're not taken for a fool. It really ruins a story when you later discover that the supposedly smart thing that a character says or does is actually just nonsense. So in my AI novel, Run Prometheus, I used my limited but actual knowledge of computers when it was interesting and relevant, and skipped or obscured the parts of computing that aren't in my wheelhouse. If I knew more about computers, I could have written a better story. I could have made more clever solutions to my character's problems. I could have thought like a programmer and used that thematic principle to tie together the story's themes. But if I only knew about computers and didn't know, say, mental illness, history, and how to, like, actually write, I couldn't have written Ron Prometheus at all. If I had stayed in research and never ventured into the nitty-gritty of actually putting it all down in writing, all I'd have is a head full of facts and no drama to show for it. And we've gone over this. It's stories that hook people. And if you don't have a good story around your factoids and research, you haven't got anything. Sharpen your axe all you like. You must eventually chop. But research isn't writing. Reading isn't writing. All the things that make you a good writer can't be just work, because at the end of the day, writing is work. So here's what I'll say. I really hope that you enjoy learning. I really hope that you find reading and researching and engaging with the world to be a fun endeavor all on its own because at the end of the day, you're going to have to know a lot more than you write and you're going to have to write a lot to begin with. See, you can't rely on just researching only what you need to write. You never know what bit of information could be best for your story and you never know what bit of information would make your story look dumb once you found it out. Like, Trying to watch the movie Elizabeth the Golden Age or Roland Emmerich's Anonymous with even cursory knowledge of Tudor England ends up making both movies look like satire and inept satire, too. But how to research? What's the most efficient way to find information? Well, Wikipedia. Really, go to Wikipedia. Read the page of whatever it is you're trying to write about. It'll give you a good overview. And if anything surprises you or if you want to know more about it, Check out the sources cited on the page. Search Google and Google Scholar. Read the books and literature cited. But if you can, try to live like your character lives. Dudes have swords in your books? Pick up a big honking piece of metal. Watch videos of people whose job it is to try out spears and swords and whatnot. Have you ever fired a gun, thrown a punch? These are some of the things I learned to do because I wanted to know not just what they were, but what they felt like. Eat what your characters eat, read what they might have read, experience weather and work. And the really perverse part of representing life is this. 
In the end, even the best and worst things that can happen to you will be mixed with the knowledge that you can probably represent your experience in your art. I've written things that are just too personal to be shared with strangers about the deaths of loved ones, the ends and beginnings of relationships, and the highs and lows of life. And in order for those parts of myself to be known without wearing them on my sleeve, I give them to my characters. This is the perversity. Everything in my life is elevated by the little voice in the back of my head saying, remember this, this will be useful. This is in no way to say, live your life to write your memoir. That's baloney. You'll end up with a million little pieces of try-hard self-appreciation. Now, in addition to loving learning, you've got to love living and paying close attention to what you live and learn. There's an interesting theory out there that a lot of art is just a substitute for having children. Like, you're passing on your ideas rather than your genes. Instead of a lifetime of mentoring and teaching a single or several single human beings, you just broadcast your idea out there. And now that idea is stuck in your head. You're listening to me. You're my children. And while in the end this mematic sort of passing on of ideas is, if you're paying attention, kind of silly and self-aggrandizing. And like a good parent, you need to learn and live so, so much in order to properly instruct the people that you pass things on to. But in the end, you have to hold that thing with an open hand. You have to acknowledge that all the research and all the billion things you learned in order to craft this one thing is just one point of view. And that thing can go wherever it wants. It can do whatever it wants to do. And though your work will be influenced by your research in a really huge way, it will also do what it wants. And you have to let your work do that. Just because you researched and poured your life into figuring out how stamps work doesn't mean that that needs to be an integral part of your story if it ends up being not the most interesting part of your drama. And that's why I hope you love to learn new things, is because it's not wasted. The life that you live and the things that you live through, the works of others, cannot be just building blocks for your art. Because if it is, everything that happens to you and everything that you know happens has to be crammed into your work and this unfocused mess will end up not really saying anything at all. Unfortunately, that's a lot of what ended up happening when I was writing the book, God Forsaken. I took a lot of my experiences working on a farm and helping out in sort of rural areas and just gave my character a bunch of chores about chopping wood and picking stuff. It was boring. It had nothing to do with anything. And pretty much the only reason it was in the book is because it's something that happened to me. It's something that I know a little bit about. And if the point of your book is just to get people to look at you and say, hey, that's somebody. If you're only putting a book or a child out there into the world in order for people to look at you, both you and the thing you created are going to suffer for it. So how am I putting this to work in the next book? Well, I know what's cool. Pirates and Navy people versus aliens. I know what's interesting, the idea of colonial powers suddenly realizing that they're not very powerful at all. And so instead of just researching how 
cool fights happened on the ocean or how uh, the ranks of ships worked in the Navy, I'm going to research things that might be a little bit more interesting and thematically appropriate. I'm not just trying to brag about, oh, I read this book and now I know the thing. That's how I'd sound if I didn't make it interesting. So I'm going to include both the colonizers and the colonized on the ship. And I'm going to introduce lower and upper classes and how all these different points of view see the aliens and how the aliens see all these different points of view is going to be the really fun and interesting part of this book. Plus, things are going to blow up. It's going to be cool. Plus, that H.G. Wells' War of the Worlds bacteria thing? Well, guess what? What if people were smart enough to actually try to do that instead of it just happening by mistake? Ooh, we got drama. We got coolness. We got this seaborn odyssey where we get to see a bunch of different cultures and peoples and we get to wrestle with the morality of the powerful and the powerless trying to kill each other all right so you just spent 15 minutes of your life doing research just now now was that procrastination was it to avoid doing the work that you need to do or was it this fun little pastime that you enjoyed well i hope it was fun i hope it was also informative but why don't you uh, think about going to do that thing you want to do? Please do your research, but please also don't use research as an excuse to never do the thing you're supposed to do. Stop stalling, if that's what you're doing. I don't know. Because here's the thing. You never go perfectly sharp or perfectly researched into a project. You're going to flounder a little bit, and you're going to work it out. And that first draft that you put out is going to be pretty bad and pretty dumb about some things. So give it a try and fail and keep trying and keep researching and uh, use your free time to do the fun stuff. Don't earmark reading or living as though it's part of your work. That's not it. You still got a job to do. So go do it. And here's another job I've got for you. A job that is definitely not procrastinating and is definitely worth your time. Go to iTunes and rate me five stars. Please subscribe and share this episode wherever you can. I do birthday parties. I do bat mitzvahs. I, well, I know for sure that somebody's listening to me right now and they're about to go to sleep. Wake up and give me five stars. So as you can see, this is a multifaceted and very omni-useful podcast. So please get it out there. And you can be my little idea meme babies. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. You're putting my ideas in your head. Gucci, Gucci, isn't this disgusting? Isn't it disgusting? I'm talking to you like a baby. Oh, isn't it gross? Isn't it just pathetic? Oh, tiki, tiki, whoop, whoop, whoop. Whoopity, scoop. Scoopity, whoopity, poop. Scoopity, whoopity, poop, poop.